Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Good. Welcome to Planet Crime, everyone. It's our seventh or eighth episode. Don't ask me. Um, Can you believe that? No, I can't. I actually can't. It feels like yesterday we were like, we should start our own podcast. Yeah. And the rest is history. It really is. How strange. Like, we were stood out in the pissing down rain. I know. For 45 minutes. For 45 minutes while your car was a metre away from us. <laughs> I know. That's how excited I was to meet you. I know. Uh, what, what have you been doing? Tell us about your week. So, we went to Wales. Oh, lush. Uh, first three nights. It was really weird. We were in, like, a basement flat, and upstairs Ooh. we were, like, screaming at each other. <gasps> I thought I was going to get murdered. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it was pretty scary. And then, all of a sudden, you heard them doing their business, and it was gross. Oh, so they had a fight, and then they made up? Yeah, like, 15 times. Wow. It was weird. It was really weird. Did, I only I have questions. Question me. Uh, 15 times? Well, we were there for three nights. Yeah. Every night, it happened three times. So three, six, nine. Damn. Nine times. Damn. Three times in one night. Okay. I know. Go Every in. fucking night. Oh, right. <laughs> Do you think he was taking a little blue pill? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Just a nightmare. Anyway, how's your week been? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Um, we had a little, like, uh, kiddo break. So my little boy arranged for himself, <laughs> arranged to go for a sleepover. Cute. Because it's half term uh, at his grand's. Uh-huh. And he arranged to go for three nights. And I was like, uh... You're growing mm, up too fast. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but, you know, his gran is amazing. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing lady. And I know that he'll always be safe with her. And their relationship is Lush. really cute. Yeah. So then me and Ryan were like... Hello. What are we gonna do? Yeah, right. Well, we won't be doing it fifteen times. Oh. Um, so I found out because it was like around Valentine's Day. So we went on the Saturday, which is the fifteenth. So we went to a um, murder mystery. Yeah, tell me about evening it. Evening at Rose Warren. Rose Warren Manor. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Was it? It was so good. I disagreed with the outcome. Okay. But that was like I realised that when you go to these things, you're not there. As the detective, you, oh. you, I know, and I think there's a gap in the market, which yeah. I really want to talk to you about. Um, okay. <laughs> Podcast to then events manager. Exactly. That <laughs> um, you you are you're just guessing who it is. I don't like that. You're not sort of trying to work out fingerprints and yeah. It's more like that. it's more like yeah. She did it mm-hmm. because. Basically, it was uh, the theme was uh, Doctor's Dilemma, and I'll tell you what the acting for amateur it was brilliant. Was and it, it was lovely to see like Cornish people as well. Yeah, and bless them, they had um, so Rosewall Manor split into two rooms. Oh wow! Um, which was really nice because then it wasn't really rowdy. So bless uh-huh. them, they were performing in one room and then coming in and doing exactly the same. Oh. So of course, when I got there, I you know, and they gave out the sheet. I was like, right, no one talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> Detective Lauren. Yeah, so I crossed out one straight away. I was like, that's too obvious. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I was the food was just love. It was lovely. It was mm-hmm. lovely to have it put in front of me. The service was great. Um, the, the drinks went like you know when you go to a pub these days and they're like, I mean, I don't go to the pub, so I don't know what no. I'm talking about. But apparently, my my mum's like it's like twenty quid around. Jesus. Screw that. Yeah. Whereas right. it wasn't like that there. That's good. It's a really nice atmosphere. And that, uh-huh. like I said, the acting, the fact that they choose to give up their Saturday evenings to do this, yeah. you know. Um, I had a total girl crush on the... Did you? Yeah, on, on the Sophie. <laughs> like, she walked in and I was just like... Holy shit. Yeah, she was beautiful. And mm. she just, she was vivacious. She had, like, she was confident in her body mm-hmm. and you could see that she was in charge. Uh, but she was also a doctor and basically she killed... The other doctor, because he was gambling away their business and everything. But she injected him in his neck. Right. So you heard the scream and you go out and you can go and examine the body. Wow. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, I looked up at the cast, because you still didn't know at this point. No. You had to go in and write your answer down. I was like, if I was a doctor, mm-hmm. I'd be injecting him in between the toes. Yeah. So you right. couldn't see? Yeah. Why are you making it obvious? But see, you're not there to do that. You're there no. to just guess who it was. Yeah. And then I blame Ryan for this because I was like, I reckon it's Sophie. Because, and he was like, yeah, but if she kills him, she's still going to have all the debts from the practice. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm sure there's something that says if one practice manager does... And it, I was right, basically. Of course. And he was wrong. And yeah, I just wanted to kick his ass. Mm. But it was a really, really good night. I've never done anything like that before. No. But they've got... um. 
uh, a summer one coming up, uh, and they're doing it around the Gatsby. Oh, Great cool, Gatsby, yeah. And they're doing it on the lawn. So uh, I think we're going to... It was definitely worth the money. Yeah. And it was... Oh, oh, if you're interested in stuff like that, just... Like, we're having our meal, and, like, they come round, and you can ask them questions. I mean, I interrogated like I was on of CSI. Of course. Yeah. You I was to. kind of witness all over that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that. Yeah. Um, the doctor, who, the guy that's playing the doctor, came up to me and was like, um, excuse me, what do you do for a living? And I was like, why? And he's like, are you a psychologist? <laughs> No, I'm oh, a mum. Yeah, I'm a very vivacious five-year-old who you have to be two hundred steps in front of. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, mums do have to have eyes in the back of their head." So, but he played the part. They all played the parts so so well. Mm. But yeah, one of the girls came over here, or one of the suspects, uh-huh. and she lied. So the next time she came to my table, I was like, "Go away." Yeah, you lied to me last time. And she was like, "What?" And I was like, I don't want to ask you any questions. I can't trust you. Go away. Mm. So off she went. Ryan was obviously wanting to die and was like, shut up, Lauren. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but he really enjoyed it as well, which oh, was nice. Good. Yeah, yeah really... something you could both do together. Yeah, it was lovely. Nice. And then we did like adult stuff. Like we went to Trago Mills. I love a bit of Trago. Some rugs and measured mm. up for a carpet and did all the stuff that when you've got a little one around, and I totally get it because I remember being dragged around shops by my mum. Yeah. It was just, we got, and it, it was just, it was really nice to spend some time together. On Sunday, we just chilled, and it Aww. felt, it's lovely to remember. Yeah. After 11 years together, and, you know, marriage and a child, you're on that kid's schedule. Yeah. Which is what we want. But mm-hmm. to have that little break and remember, like, oh, this is what we used to do pre-child. Yeah. yeah. It was lovely, but, oh, my God, one night is enough. Yeah. That is the only break I need. So I met Freddie in the cafe yesterday. All right, Mum? When when Daddy walked in yesterday, Daddy! Of course. But I must admit, he Freddie was all over me all day and kissing oh. me and telling me you love. And it, it's just it was lovely to have him back. Yeah. And it just makes you know just having that bit of a break and a refresh and being an adult really not that yeah. I'm very good at that. But no, as anybody, but. So yeah, all in all, it was a it was a really lovely weekend and it was lovely to uh, spend time with my husband. Good. I'm glad you had a good one. And my plants. Yeah. <laughs> just doing your plants. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what you like. So, yeah, um, but this week we are doing, oh, sorry, so, yeah, we are doing... Conspiracy theories. Now, I got myself in a right old twist about this. <laughs> I got, I jumped down a rabbit hole and I was gone and that was it. I was buying my plane ticket to America. I needed to mm-hmm. go and, like, research. Conspiracy theories have never been my thing. Uh-huh. However, I am very open to listening to them. My brother used to really like it, mm-hmm. uh, them, and it was him that actually I went to and was like, "What's your, what's one that sticks out for you?" And he has spoken to me about many, many conspiracy theories. And like I said, I'm open to listening to them, but I feel uncomfortable writing about them okay i find it hard not to have the answers and the facts and to yeah and speculate what, and spe- yeah exactly the That's speculation the is the thing that makes me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i get carried away and the next minute i'll have the fbi on my doorstep or something yeah right That's. i always used to worry about this i used to work nights and i used to look into like the men in black fascinating thing yeah like the real men in black and i used to sit there and i'd listen to all the videos and like watch all the all the stuff on it and then when it'd be time to get for a cigarette i'd sit there and go I've just looked into loads of alien stuff. What if, like, the men in black are sta- standing around the corner, like, waiting for me? Yeah, the fucking scariest shit ever. I mean, I've never watched a film, but the real men in black is, like, crazy Here shit. Men in black. It's so weird that you should mention the men in black, because I'm going to say this now. Children swearing is not okay. And I have... My child said his first word at eight months old. We are very good with the whole swearing thing. However, I might say things like frickin'. Yeah. Or douche, uh-huh. or div, and sometimes they get they drop out. Of course, my child listens to everything, uh-huh. and uh, we were down here just before he we went to his grand's convenient, and he was like, "Oh, I just stubbed my freaking toe." <laughs> and me and Ryan were like, "Um, okay." So I was like, "Right, uh-huh. I've erased from your memory like the Men in Black," and he was like, "Okay, mum, I don't remember that word. What word?" And he totally played along oh. with it. Phew. Because then, later on, I said the word douche. Uh-huh. And he was like, what's douche? Oh, no. Oh, bless his heart. I know. So then I was like, right, we need to get the zapper out again. Yeah. It's a good way to do it, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rather than telling them off and being it's like, don't swear. No, it's not. It's, and also, if I make it... Right. 
I know my child, if you make a thing out of it, it's yeah. a thing, and then he'll just do it all the time. Uh-huh. Like making fart noises and saying fart and butt all the time. The more you tell him not to do it, the more, the more he just do does it. it. Yeah. Do you know what he turned around and said to me yesterday? I said, what, do you, what does your grand say when you go around doing that? He went, she, she's clever, mum. She just ignores me. Yeah. So, you know, you have got to be... And it's the first time that he's ever sort of, like, dropped any words like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, like, careful about what we have on the radio. You yeah. Know, don't have television and all of that stuff. So, because it all goes in. Uh-huh. And language is such an amazing thing. Yeah. You don't want to be put in. I know they're just words, but out of, like, mean a babe's mouth. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Words hurt. Uh-huh. And we, we need to remember that. So, while it's quite funny when your five-year-old stubs his toe and goes, freaking how and you, you see yourself... It's funny at home. Yeah. If you did it at school, I, you know. So it's it's yeah. hard, like trying to teach them that it's okay here and it's not okay there because then they're like, what? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh my god, who decided that this was a good idea? I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, that that was uh, me and Ryan did have a little giggle about it, you know, Aww. behind closed doors. But so you're not going to do the your conspiracy today, are you? No. So it's just going to be me. Well, oh, you dived in, yeah, you dived into a rabbit hole, didn't you? And I you've did. been so excited, and I felt Can't your wait. passion. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel my passion for it, and I feel like I wouldn't have been able to do it justice. Okay, no, I think everyone will get that. And then you messaged me, and you were like, um, I've got like 10 pages of research, and it's like this long. And I was like, actually, that works. Conspiracy theories are quite hardcore. Yeah. And there'll probably be a lot to talk about. So mm. let's just do one. Sounds and then, good. if you all really want to hear me talk about the Bohemian Grove. Buy me a ticket to America so I can go and talk to Alex Jones about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So yeah, let's 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 get let's on the I'm so excited. So, I'm going to talk about the Dyatlov Pass. Dyatlov Pass. Mm. Why does that ring a bell? That's Russian, isn't it? It is. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Probably because I've talked to you about it before. So when I used to work nights, I spent like although I love true crime, I spent probably like a year just being obsessed with conspiracies. But did you freak yourself out? Yeah. So why did you do it? Because I loved it. <laughs> See, I do things to desensitise myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, the more it's scarier to go to the gym in the dark, the more I'll do it. Yeah. Because I'm really stubborn and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I get you. Whereas, like, some people won't do things, will they, late at night because it freaks them out? Yeah. But, um, I think certain things I won't, like, I won't, or I'll try and avoid. But my intrigue, like, got the better of the fear. So I just, I needed to know. This okay. one's not scary, so like, well, could be, I suppose. Oh, I'm really, I'm intrigued. Woo! So, in January of 1959, nine Soviet college students died under mysterious circumstances while hiking through the Ural Mountains in what is now known as the Dyatlov Pass incident. <sighs> I, I don't know, know okay. it, but I have, Huff. yes. Okay. So... Igor Dyatlov was a 23-year-old radio engineering student at the Ural Polytechnic Institute. Dyatlov was an elite skier and hiker, and he assembled a group of students, so there was nine others, so ten altogether, uh, to accompany him on a 16-day exhibition that would cover 190 miles across North Ural Mountains of Atorton, which... In the Mansi language, which is their like indigenous people, yep. means don't go there. Okay. What were they studying? What? Um, some of them were studying different things, but they were all very keen hikers. They okay. they one of them was doing their um, masters in hiking and mountain climbing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Apparently, in Russia in 1959, it is. But, okay. <laughs> um, and he was st- the the main leader was studying radio engineering. I was just going to say, was he an engineer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So clever people, not yeah. not you know, are not inexperienced. No, they, they were experienced. Very hiking. experienced. Okay. Like this adventure wasn't just like a load of crazy college kids going on holiday. Like they didn't pack uh, alcohol. They didn't pack cigarettes. It wasn't for that. It, it was wasn't a, a vacation. It was more of a mission. And, and exploring adventures. Yeah. Yeah. So, the eight men and two women all had grade. Two hiker certificates, obviously quite experienced, with ski tour experience. And after completing the upcoming exhibition, they would receive what was at the time was the Soviet Union's highest certificate possible in hiking and skiing. Screw the Soviet Union. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> uh, which was called Grade Three. So okay. they were all about to be Grade Three skiers. So they were very experienced. Do you think it's like uh, because of? how russia is like i mean ge- not geographically well yeah geographically and how the land is uh-huh. do you think it's that it's that 
like you you would need to, it's like um i'm trying to like, think of something to compare it to it's like living here and not being able to swim it's like living near the yeah. beach and not teaching your child to swim like yeah you I need to be saying. able to like you know maybe adapt to your surroundings thank you you're welcome go i think so yeah i think it i think they i think everybody could probably do a certain amount of skiing and stuff like that over there yeah like but these were like yeah, a stuff of, high, it's like, high grade. I can swim, but then, like, if you put, like, the surface against sewage in, in the yeah. sea, like, they're hardcore, and yeah. they would go out in terrain that maybe that I wouldn't go out in certain conditions. Well, you'll find out about the conditions of this, sort of, a few Hiking weeks. Me. Yeah. Hiking just, like... I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. It's eerie. Don't yeah, like and it. and it's walking as well. Mm, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, the grade three certificate like I said, was the highest in the Soviet Union and required candidates to travel 300 kilometres, which is 190 miles altogether. Okay. So they had to do that in order to get their certificate. Okay. However, at the time of the year, the route that the group were, like, supposed to go on uh, was estimated at Category 3, which is the most difficult. Okay. So they were going on the most difficult hike. Yep. Okay, so this is the bad bit. This is where I'm going to absolutely muller everybody's name. Okay. okay. So the leader of the group was 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov, 21-year-old Yuri Doroshenko, 20-year-old Ludmilla Dubonina. Well done. Thanks. 23-year-old Georgi, which also he calls, he goes by the name Yuri. Okay. Krivoshenko. 24-year-old Alexandra Kalevtov. 22-year-old Zenaida Kolmogrova. 23-year-old Rustim Slobodin. 23-year-old Nikolai Brignols, 38-year-old Semyon Zolotravov, and 21-year-old Yuri Yudin. So that was all of them. Sorry okay. about the pronunciation. No, no, no. I think it's great that you like, mention them as well, because they deserve that. Of yep. course. So, in the early morning of January 25th, 1959, the group arrived into the town of Ivdel by train, and then took a truck to Vizhai, which was sort of the last inhibited area before their hike. Okay. There they purchased loaves of bread to add to their supplies, because obviously it gives them energy, that sort of thing. Yep. On January 27th, the trek towards Gora Orten begins. Like I said, that means don't go there in the language of the indigenous people. Almost immediately, one of the group's 21-year-old, Yuri Yudin, complained of feeling unwell. He was said to have suffered with rheumatism and congenital heart defect. So he stepped out. Hence the ten, now nine people. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to be hiking with congenital heart defect. It's not... Well, no. It you wouldn't was... be allowed to now. No, no, not at all. Uh, so he was, he returned to the, you know, the local town. Yeah. He complained of knee and joint pain, so he was unable to continue. At this time, he could not have known that his ailments would save him from one of the biggest mysteries, like, ever. Did he stay off on purpose? Mm. See, lots of little things come into my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So if you type in this incident on Google, there's hundreds of photos. They obviously, yeah. So Sorry, I just got a question. So it's 1959 mm-hmm. and they've got cameras. Like, obviously, I know they've got, <laughs> they've got cameras, but so they've set up, what, video cameras or still picture cameras? Still pictures. What, and they've set them up to take photos? They've been taking photos of yeah. their... Okay. Of their hike, and I think they probably needed it to complete their certificate and stuff like that. Cool. Um, yeah, and they just, I suppose they just wanted to have a bit of fun and take some photos. Can I look it up? Yeah, go for it. The, so if you go on to There's Google. There's awful crime scene photos, just to let you know. So you'll probably come across a few of them. Ooh. They are awful, awful, awful. So that leads us on to the something awful going to happen. It does. Oh, no. So you want me to let you see the photos first? They're very old, obviously, because it's 1959. God, tell me a bit more of the story, go on, I'm going to stop for it, I'm not going to look for a minute. Okay, so from what was recovered from cameras and diaries around their last campsite, it made it possible for military and police to track the group's route up to the day preceding the incident. So on January 31st, the group reached a critical waypoint. They had arrived at the edge of a highland area and began to prepare for further climbing. In this pass, they cached extra food and equipment for what they'd need for their return trip. So... Because they cashed food and like extra equipment, this is where the name Dyatlov Pass incident comes from. Because it was in a pass that they stashed it. Yep. The following morning on February 1st, they began their ascent, hoping to push over the pass and then set up camp on the opposite side. Okay. 
However, a ferocious snowstorm and obvious reduced visibility then pushed them off their intended route and they deviated west up towards the slopes of the mountain named Kolat Sakul, which in the language of the Mansi people who live there means dead mountain. So the indigenous people that live there... Yeah. What, um, like, what was their culture? Do you know? They were Mansi people. What so they were mean? peaceful. They okay. were very... It was a tribe. So mm. they were very, like, family, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But they they know that place so well. Yeah. And which, which is why they've named them all these names. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, try, is, like, trying to give people, like, a big red flag. Yeah. You know, when you name somewhere, somewhere, don't come here. Yeah. You know, that's not a challenge. No. That You might as well write, you will die at the end of it. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. So, remember I said that they deviated west yeah. towards the top of the mountain slope. Why did they deviate? Sorry. No, 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 because there was a massive snowstorm, but okay. if they had moved 0.9 of a mile downhill, they would have reached a forested area, which you would have thought would have sheltered, sheltered them. Yeah. Uh, the only member that survived this incident, the one who turned around on day one, speculated that Dyatlov probably didn't want to lose the altitude that they gained, or he decided to practice camping on a mountain slope. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Something to bear in mind, though, the temperature in this area was below 20 degrees centigrade, which is also minus 13 degrees Fahrenheit. That's better. I, I can do it in Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. I put both in there, because I do centigrade, obviously, some of people do Fahrenheit. So, so, so it's so minus what? 13. That's cold. Minus 20 centigrade, so... It was on this particular part of the mountain that the nine hikers would meet their fatal demise. Researchers know this much thanks to journals and films recovered from the camp, but much of what was transpired during the next two days is hard to understand. So, Dyatlov had arranged with Yuri, the one that turned around, and he said that he would send a telegram once the group returned. He wasn't entirely sure that they'd be back on time because of like the weather and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, they agreed upon the date, the 12th, but... They obviously were expected to be delayed, so for a week after. So when they never returned, you know, upon the agreed date or after, Yudin and the hikers' families alerted the authorities, which this would have been on the 20th of February. Okay. They had all demanded a rescue operation. The head of the institute that they all studied at uh, assembled a rescue team that included students and teachers. Later, the Soviet Army and... Militasia forces became involved and planes and helicopters were ordered to help join the rescue. So they took it really seriously then. Yeah. Obviously because, you know, they went to the place that says do not come here. Yeah. So on February 26, 1959, the volunteers from the Ural Polytechnical Institute found Dyatlov's group's tent. The student that found the tent said, and I quote, the tent was half torn down and covered in snow. It was empty, and all of the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. Shoes? Yeah. You need your shoes in the snow? That's nothing. Just wait. So basically, the group's tent was cut in half, but it was cut from the inside out. It wasn't cut from the outside in. So you ever been camping? No. There is no reason. Why would you Why would you need to slash your tent? There's a zip, for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. There's a really easy exit. So, it just gets weirder. So basically, outside the tent, there were nine sets of footprints, which makes sense, there was nine people. Yeah. Made by people who were only wearing socks, some a single shoe, and some even barefoot. That doesn't make any sense, though. Like, they're experienced hikers. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go out with no socks on or shoes because you'll, die, you'll get hypothermia. Precisely. Your feet will drop off. So, these footsteps could be followed down towards the edge of the nearby woods on the opposite side of the pass, around... 1.5 kilometers away which is nearly a mile to the northeast however after 500 meters these tracks were then covered in snow so they could be followed the placement and conditions of their bodies some found as far as a kilometer and a half from the tent and buried under four meters of snow were really bizarre so i'm going to go into finding the bodies now at the edge of the forest under a large cedar tree the rescuers found the visible remains of a small fire and the shoeless bodies of Krivoshenko and Doroshenko. Despite temperatures of minus 13 to minus 22 Fahrenheit, which is also minus 25 to minus 30 degrees centigrade, 
On the night of their deaths, they were dressed only in underwear. The branches on the tree were broken for up to five metres high, suggesting that one of the skiers had tried or had climbed the tree. Some sources say that they were like trying to look for something, maybe looking for the camp. Right. A few sources that I've read have also said that autopsy reports have stated that flesh and fingernails were found in the bark of the tree that was intended to have climbed up, uh, as if they were desperately trying to climb the tree to escape something. I was just going to say, it's, to me, like all of this points to we're getting away from something. Right. Because if you're... It's like, again, using the sea analogy, you know, it'd be like going out without your fins or like yeah. the proper equipment like to survive you're not going to get f- as a as an experienced hiker you know you're not going to get far with no socks no and no clothes and what and they've made a fire so they're obviously trying to survive so what are you what are they running from right so between the cedar tree and the camp the searchers found three more corpses igor diatlov zenaida kolmogrova and Ristim. Slobodin, who seemed to have died in poses suggesting that they were attempting to return back to the tent. They were found separately at the distances of... Do you prefer feet or metres? Um, feet. So they were found at a distance of 980 feet, 1570 feet and 2070 feet from the tree. So they were all found apart. This is really odd. That's nothing. Keep, Why? Keep listening. Although circumstances are odd... An inquest concluded that the cause of death ruled out foul play and hypothermia was the cause of death for all five students. Slobodin had a small crack in his skull but it was thought that it wasn't a fatal wound. Mm -hmm. Their bodies showed no indication of severe external damage beyond what had been inflicted by the cold. However, the next bodies make this mystery a whole lot more mysterious. So due to the snowfall, which happened to be around 13 feet, it took... So much longer for searchers to find the other four travellers, like a whole two months longer. They were finally found on May the 4th under four metres of snow in a ravine 75 metres uh, further into the woods from the original cedar tree. So they were all found different places. Yeah. These four travellers' bodies took a dramatically different story to the other group. Nikolai Brignoles had suffered severe skull damage in the moments pre-death. So before he passed away. Yeah. Obviously, you know that you're not thick. Well. <laughs> Ludmilla Dubonina and Semyon Zorotrov both had major chest fractures that, according to autopsies, could only have been caused by immense force comparable to that of a car crash. <gasps> Notably, the bodies had no external wounds associated with the bone fractures, as if they had been subjected to a high level of pressure. The second group of bodies suggested that hikers had died at distinctively different times. Dubonina was wearing Krivoshenko's burnt, torn trousers, and her left foot and shin were wrapped in a torn jacket. They appeared to have been making use of the clothes of the people that had died before them. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking that. They, they were trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Zola Tarovov was found in Dubonina's faux fur coat and hat, suggesting that he had taken them from her after she had died, just as she had taken from Kriveshenko. So the most gruesome part of this incident is that Dubonina was missing her tongue, her eyeballs and part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of her skull bone, while Zolotarov had his eyeballs missing. What? Hang on. Stop. Right, so animals. So I'm thinking, right, okay, let's, let's, let's have a logical explanation. I like science. So that could have been... If you said to me that pieces of their face was missing and their eyeballs, I might have gone, well, you know, it could have been a bear or uh-huh. whatever. Stop. Yeah. But tongue? That was torn out, It, you know. Yeah. It's just giving me chills. I know, it's strange. It is, it's really and weird. And wouldn't there be blood? Mm, what about the temperatures, though? Like frozen, you'd still get fr- like blood in freezing conditions, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but by the time they found her, yeah, two months it would later. Be, that's why. Yeah, that's why that they. I expect their bodies were more preserved than if some they were left out yeah. perishing like the warmth or just even heat, like just like a day like today. But if the other people had died, surely animals would have gone to them too. 
Funnily enough, no theories that I have found have anything to do with animals. No. None. Anyway, uh, tests all concluded that the hikers' bodies and clothes showed small traces of radiation. Radiation? Radiation. The forensic expert performing the post-mortem examination judged that these injuries happened post-mortem due to the location of the bodies in the stream. Your face, I can see something happening. Yeah, cogs trying to turn. Mm-hmm. Because my bre- because of the conspiracy thing, like I know that you would go looking into. Th- I'm trying to think logical of a logical, yeah, fuck off, scientific I don't like that. <laughs> reason as to why something you know. Because I'm yeah. like, there's, there's got to be a reason, mm-hmm. and I'm sat and my brain is going over and over. Like what? What could that reason yeah, be? Yeah, well, you know, what was the re- radioactive stuff doing like on their on their clothing? Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple of theories. I'll talk to you through them in a minute. So the official inquest into the deaths found that six group members died from hypothermia, while three had fatal injuries. At the time of the incident, there were no other people on that part of the mountain, other than the Dyatlov group. All exhibition members died between six and eight hours after eating their last meal, and three separate articles of clothing found on two of the bodies were radioactive. The official inquest concluded that the hiker's death was a result of a compelling natural force, according to the AFP news agency. The results of an inquest remained classified until the 1970s, so they didn't tell anybody. It was under a secret. Okay, so they're saying basically, avalanche. My theory comes. Like, like natural disaster. Force majeure. Mm. So I'm into theories now. Okay. So, many solutions have been theorised over the last 61 years. 61 years. <sighs> in regard to the Dyatlov Pass incident. The initial speculation by the Soviets is that the hiker's death was a result of an ambush by the local indigenous tribesmen, Nazi people. To the Soviets, this made sense, as a sudden attack would account for the way that the hikers have fled their tents. But they're meant to be peaceful. I'm getting there. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, To the Soviets, this made sense, as the attack would account for the way that the hikers fled their tents, damage done to the second group of bodies. So there's a few things that make sense. However, it was said that the Mansi tribe did not like to share the mountain. And when the Dyatlov group robbed, in quotations, their sacred cave uh, used for ritual sacrifice, apparently, the group were hunted down and killed in the night. However, this theory was more word of mouth. And although the Mansi people in the area were interrogated, investigation indicated that the nature of the hikers' deaths did not support this hypothesis as there was no foreign footprints, only nine that they were all counted for. Also, the Mansi people were largely peaceful and non-violent. However, I have a thing against this, as it does say in the Bible, thou shalt not kill, but people that are Christians still kill. Yeah. So they're in a cult. Mm, yeah, true. But religion is doesn't mean everything to people. No. So people even though the bible says thou shall not kill people still go out and become a serial killer yeah so are these mansi people as violent and non-violent and as peaceful as you know actually yeah, that's a lot of effort to go through for a cave i know and it's not like they were going to be there forever no. so they knew that they were going to be moving on because they were hikers so and if you're mainly peaceful people would you like just be like right gits yeah having you i know right and like where did the radioactive shit come from and what Oh, uh, no, I don't know. See, I did see... I didn't include it in my case because I just heard it on another podcast or another video a couple of years ago. But people did say that in order for the Mansi people to hunt, they took magic mushrooms. <laughs> Woohoo! I know. <laughs> so could they Microdosing have... Microdosing or...? Mm, could they have had... Could they have done that? I mean, like I said, I couldn't find it on any sources. But somebody must have got it from a source. So, mm. I know. I, I still think this is a little bit far-fetched. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. So, another possible theory is a violent avalanche. Yeah. Investigators st- stated that the sound of snow collapsing would have warned the group, which would have made them leave the tent. But, to cut it from the inside out, wouldn't they just unzip it? Yeah. To get out? Yeah. And was there signs of an avalanche? Surely you can measure. Get in there. Sorry. This also would have frightened them and sent them sprinting for the trees, which makes sense. Yeah. However, they didn't sprint, they just walked away. How do you, how do you know? Oh, because of the length of the, yeah. of the footprints. They didn't hurry away. Okay. They just walked away. Right. Sources say. Okay. This was also explained why members of the group would attempt to climb a tree. So that would make sense. Yep. Uh, an avalanche was also 
would have been powerful enough to inflict such injuries to the second group of students. However, would an avalanche cause someone's eyes and tongue to be torn out? No. Probably not. No. But How- you talked earlier, sorry, you talked earlier about um, there being a head trauma. Mm-hmm. And you said that it, um, pressure. Mm-hmm. That's not blunt force trauma. No. That's pressure, which could come from an avalanche. Of course. But However, surely there's science. Surely there's like, they went there and like, was there an avalanche? Surely you'd see a big ass pile of snow. And how come you can still see their feet in it? However, when taking into consideration all these theories, the fact that the area had shown no signs of an avalanche having taken place, and the bodies were found within 10 days of the event, were only covered with a shallow layer of snow. Since the incident, over 100 expeditions have taken place in the surrounding area, however, no one has ever reported an avalanche. And Zola Tarov was studying for his masters in ski instruction and mountain hiking, so neither he or Dyatlov, which was a leader and experienced hiker, would likely camp in the path of an avalanche. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Also, there was the fact that when the investigators found the bodies, they noted no evidence of an avalanche in the region at all. There was no damage to the tree line, and searchers observed no debris. And surely you wouldn't be able to see things like footprints, and you know, thus that new yeah. snow. You know what it's like? It can, it, yeah. It can even with the crap snow that we get get here. Yeah. Within seconds, it can cover a whole sheet of, and mm-hmm. it will cover something up. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, an avalanche is pretty obvious. So never has an avalanche been recorded at that site before and hasn't ever been since. So it would be bizarre for it to appear that one day in 1959 and never again. Yep. Some tried to explain the hiker's strange behaviour and lack of clothing with an in-depth look at hypothermia. Irrationality is a common early sign of hypothermia and as victims approach death, they may perceive themselves to be overheating, resulting in removed clothes. So the trauma to the second group of bodies in this version of events is caused by stumbling plunge over the edge of a ravine. Yeah, but they, you become delirious. Yeah, you? yeah. Through hypothermia, like you said, they can think that they're hot, so that would explain why they ain't got no clothes on. But that doesn't explain why the hikers left their warm tents. Do you know what time they left the tents? No. Was it? Do you know what time of day it was? Morning, afternoon, night? I think it was afternoon slash evening i think so they were getting ready to settle down exactly that would explain the less of the clothing because they're getting ready to get in there like snuggle down into their sleeping but then with temperatures of like minus 20 degrees centigrade would you sleep with no clothes on no i'd sleep with my duvet sewed to my skin yeah so yeah why would they leave their tents in a panic for the cold outside world Mm. that's why i'm not sure on the avalanche theory and to be honest i'm not sure on any of these theories but (laughs) so they ruled humans out completely, so they ruled out all foul play. Some began to um, like think that it could have been non-human. So people began to whisper that the hikers were killed by a menk, which is a Russian kind of yeti. I mean, I'm not a firm believer, but I had to put it in for people that do. Yeah. Uh, so to account for the immense force and power necessary to cause these injuries, people think that it could have been like some sort of yeti. So Russians have their own version of, of a yeti yeah. called a... Menk. M-E-N-K. <laughs> That's a funny word. I know. So Menk. is this like folklore? Like a, a bit like... I think so. A bit like Bigfoot, that sort of thing. Yeah. What was it? M- E-N-K. Okay. Just wanted to have a look at a picture. Is there a photo? Um, no. <laughs> so probably not, yeah. not quite there. So other sleuths pointed to reports that obviously the small amounts of radiation were detected on the bodies uh, led to wild theories that the students had been killed in some sort of radioactive secret weapon. Those who favour this idea stressed that the appearance of the bodies at their funerals, corpses had slightly orange withered skin um, and relatives described their bodies to have orange skin and grey hair. Would that not be due to the element? That's, yeah... I think as a family member, though, you're probably trying to look for answers all the time. Of course. But have radiation been the cause of death? More than those small levels of radiation would have been found all over their body rather than just mm. just their, like three items of clothing. So the corpse's orange hue, like you said, isn't surprising given the cold weather conditions and where they lay, some of them for two months. They were partially mummified in the cold. So... Uh, for many, the possibility of mysterious military weapon is too intriguing to resist. Mm. Some say that the ski hiking team was unfortunate enough to stumble into the USSR testing concussive weapon 
or perhaps a parachute mine exercise. Now, see, so far, to me, that's the most obvious explanation. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier, fuck that Soviet Union. Like, and yeah. they test shit. They don't give shit. Also, uh, there was no reported weapons tested within the area, but they're not going to fucking tell you that, are they? Of course they're not. No, no, if it's a they? secret weapon. Well, they didn't let out about this case until it was kept secret for exactly how good knows how many years so they're not going to let it all on are they and like i said radioactive dispersal would have affected all of the members not just three items of clothing where did that radioactive stuff come? did someone take it with them i think i might have a theory but go on okay i think i've heard of another theory that i haven't included in here but i couldn't find any credible sort of sources sure. to find it so this explanation is popular because it partially supports the testimony of another group of hikers camping 50 kilometres south of the incident. Oh, okay. So they weren't nearby, but they were like, what's 50 kilometres in miles? It's about a mile to 1.5 kilometres, I don't know, like 35, 40 miles away. Okay. The group reported that they saw strange orange spheres in the sky to the north of the night on the inc- of the incident. Right. Similar spheres were observed in Ivdal 2 in the period from February to March. These were also seen by the Meteorology Service and the military. Right. However, these sightings were not noted in the initial investigation and various independent witnesses only came forward years later. Mm. So, another theory? Ready? Yeah, go on. This, this hypothesis goes that the sound of concussions drove the hikers from their tents in a panic, half-clothed, uh, the first group died of hypothermia while attempting to take shelter from the blasts by waiting near the tree line. So this is the whole orange sphere thing. The second group, having seen the first group freeze to death, determined to go back for their belongings but fell victim to hypothermia too. While the third group got caught in fresh blast further into the forest and died from their injuries. So the chief investigator, Lev Ivanov, said... And I quote, I suspected at the time, and I'm almost sure now that these bright colour spheres, flying spheres, sorry, had a direct connection to the group's death. End quote. When he was in an interview, mm. that's what he said. Was he still alive? That was in 1990, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You got killed off then for saying that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Censorship and secrecy in the USSR forced him to abandon this line of inquiry. In the end, the hikers' deaths were officially attributed to a compelling natural force and the case was closed. Of course it was. Mm. So I have one more theory. This okay. one's really intriguing to me. I'm not sure whether I believe it, but I just think it's super interesting. Okay. So, have you heard of infrasound? Is that vibration? Almost. Okay. So, this one's really weird. So, Donny Iker, who was an author of the 2013 book Dead Mountain, the true story of the Dyatlov Pass incident, proposed and popularised this theory. So, scientists have identified a naturally reoccurring phenomenon called infrasound. When the wind moves over the sand dunes, it produces perceptible humming. Wind colliding with the topographic features can produce low frequency waves mm. ranging from audible to subaudible and i had a look because i didn't want to seem really like oh i don't know what that means but topography is the study of the shape and features of land surface yep so tests of infrasound on subjects have induced powerful feelings of nausea panic dread chills nervousness raised heartbeat and breathing difficulties and it has led people to full panic attacks mm-hmm. Scientists believe that the ridge below the area that the tent was located might have generated vortices, producing audible and subaudible infrasound on a windy night such as that of the 1st to the 2nd of February. So according to Iker's theory, the infrasound generated by the wind as it passed over the top of the mountain was responsible for causing physical discomfort and mental distress in the hikers. Iker claims that because of their panic, the hikers were driven to leave the tent by whatever means necessary and fled down the slope. By the time they were further down the hill, they would have been out of that sort of infrasound path and would have regained their composure, but in the darkness that it would have been then, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it probably was late afternoon, early evening, uh, they'd be unable to return to their shelter. The traumatic injuries suffered by three victims were the result of them stumbling over the ledge of a ravine in the darkness and landing on the rocks at the bottom uh-huh. but eyes tongue i mean they could have bit down on the tongue i get that 
but surely that they would have known if they'd bit down on their tongue. Depends what kind of cut it is, isn't yeah. it? I need, to, I need to see the autopsy. Mm. <laughs> so, like I said, there are hundreds and hundreds of other theories, you know, popular ones, not popular ones, logical okay. ones, uh, but I could sit here and talk for hours. Can I give you my theory? Give me your theory. This is what I've just been thinking, like, while you've uh-huh. been talking, this is what I've been thinking of, like, writing stuff down. What if they had a fight? So. What if they fell out? So. Because I was just thinking, like, being on the inside of the uh-huh. tent, like, you know, what, like, that's that would explain the slashing. Uh-huh. But it's really odd, like, to think of, like, this group of hikers that one minute are hike. Okay, so you, I can imagine a, a falling out and maybe a fist fight, mm-hmm. but to grab a weapon... These people are like intelligent people as well. Yeah. Again, seems a bit sort of out there because it's like what, how, you've gone from naught to sixty. Yeah. Right. Um, and if you've got a knife and you're stabbing, you're you're slashing your way out of a tent. Why are you not slashing it? Yeah. But then would that explain the tongue being cut off? Well, they were a lot further than the other group of people. Yeah. So I don't know. See, there was a theory that I looked at, but I didn't want to include it just because I've got so much research ahead of yeah. already. But that there was a romantic tiff. Yeah. Because there was two females and, like, seven males. So could there have been a romantic yeah. interest and one got pissed off with the other? And I don't know, I just... And instead of just having a fist fight, it got really brutal. And yeah. Like, but just, all of them died? Yeah, and, it, and it's I, I get that all of them died because they were running and so that they they died of hypothermia. But yeah. if someone's having a fight with someone else, why are you lot dead? Yeah. Why, what, what, what are you running from? Because, like, there's one... If Say if one person had a knife and was running after mm-hmm. them, there's one, there's eight more people. Take yeah. it down. Yeah. You'd just right. do a takedown, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think. So that doesn't really add up either, does it? i tell you what. My friend, Mark, who is the police officer... Yeah. He has done lots of... He's done, like, three peaks, uh-huh. and he loves a good hike. I want to know what his opinion mm, is on this. That would be interesting. Because he's very straight. Get him on the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I might bring him up and sit, like, see if he'll do an interview with me. Yeah. Because, like, he's... Um, I bet I bet he knows about it. Or if he doesn't, I could get him to dive into the rabbit hole. Because yeah. I'd be interested to see what his... Because I've never done any type of hiking. You know, I love a walk around the woods. Yeah. But I've right. never done any type of hiking. And maybe someone from that perspective would be like, oh, this could happen, that could happen. Yeah. But be interesting. I need to know. I know. So what have they gone with? That it was a force majeure and that's it. So they reopened the investigation <gasps> in February 2019. Last year? Yep. A year ago? Yep. Wow. <gasps> CNN reported that only three possible explanations were considered an avalanche a snow slab or a hurricane fuck off what 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 I I cannot possibly in my conspiracy riddled head understand how a snow slab would have cut someone's tongue out and that there would have been proof of that I get because the first group was under a really shallow level of snow Mm mhm the, the second group was in like four metres of snow but that was two months later yeah exactly so imagine the amount of snow that was yeah. falling on top of them yeah, t- yeah and they were in a ravine which means they were they were under a little bit yeah so the amount of snow that would have fallen on top of them a hurricane you surely to god would have known that there would have been a hurricane because <laughs> yeah, that would have fucked shit up yeah like the tent wouldn't still be sat there no it would have been fucking in England somewhere yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was, like, my brain is like ticking, like. And an avalanche, like we like we covered a minute ago, like there would have been signs, and there has never been an avalanche in that area ever. So, if somebody said to you, Tamika, give me your opinion on what happened. Have you got something that you're like, this is what I think has happened? No, but if I was going to go for anything, I would probably go for. I'm turning into you now. Probably the more scientific thing with the infrasound sort of that makes sense to me mm-hmm. why they would like imagine having audio in your ears that you don't know where it's coming from you don't know what's going on i'd fucking slash a tent and jump out clothed or no clothed yeah i say that i don't know whether i would or not but, but well the thing is is that when it's coming from but then surely like there and there was an engineer so he would have like known so he would have like gone oh hang on a minute that's this or maybe they didn't know what it was but why the fuck did they choose to camp there? If they walked a mile the other way, they would have they would have gone to trees and tree line. Who's who's who just said that we, we was that matey? 
We what? said that we're going to camp here. Well, I guess so. I guess it was all of them, but they were all experienced hikers. There was not one that wasn't experienced. So weird. And they knew, they knew it well? They, did they know that, that well? I don't know if they knew that area well, but they knew a lot about hiking. Like I said, someone was doing their master's, so they obviously would have done like a degree or, or something similar beforehand. Yep. So he would have known. In the path of... Like, they were on a slope. They were on a slope. Why would you camp on a snow slope? I know, right? A snow slope as well. Yeah, we like... So, I don't know if you did look them up, but I've got a few photos here. So, that was a, that was a couple of them. Okay. So, you can see that... Oh, that's... I don't want to get to the crime scene photos just yet, because I want you to see. That was awful. They all look like they're fully enjoying themselves. They're all laughing, joking. Yeah, they just look like a normal group of people that are out. So, this was a photo of the tent. It looks to me like it's been burnt. A little bit. Just looks fucked. Yeah, right. What's that? Mm. Is that one of those orbs? Or, Could be. Or is it the moon? Or To me it looks like an orb. Because it's perfectly round. Sorry, I'm just having a look at the tent pictures at the minute. They're quite good pictures for that time. I'm Definitely. Just, like, I'm surprised. Are you going to put them on the Instagram? I'll put them on Instagram, yeah. They're really good. And See, then... Go on, sorry. Please, can we just remember that this, I think I've got this right, this is the country where Chernobyl happened. That was another theory. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is that if I, if I had to put, you're saying that you would go yeah. with that sign, if I had to put my money on it, I would put money on that. Okay. Because you don't fucking keep shit secret about a, a hike. Why would you do that? Why would you keep that classified? Because it was just a hike that force majeure happened and that's that. See, the other theory, like you said about the Chernobyl thing, was that it was strange because the group's leader had the same name as the guy that was in charge of Chernobyl when it blew up. Have you watched that? Yeah. That was insane. Great programme. Amazing. They Me, covered it amazingly. Uh, we watched it while we were in Spain. Uh-huh. Um, and my brother watched it alongside us. Yeah. Oh, I was just... Yeah. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I just, it was fantastic. fantastic. Really good. Really well done. But like, that's where my my mm. sign, my my logical brain takes me because yeah. they kept it a secret. Yeah. You know, if if a tree fell over, you wouldn't keep that secret, would you? No, that like people were out hiking. So I'm just gonna have a look how far it actually was. I know it. I know it. The radiation travelled a long, long, long way. It did. But I just wanted to check roughly Chernobyl from. And also, they were so, with Chernobyl, rather than protecting the people, they were more about worried about covering shit up 100%. And, and, and having their own backs. Yeah. And, you know, that explanation that was given at the end of, like, you know, how it happened, I, I watched that about three times because I was just so intrigued. It was. It was amazing. It was really, really, really good. Um, but that's the kind of shit that they did. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't surprise me if... You know, what if they knew about this hike that was taking place because they're experienced hikers? Yeah. I think there's so much. And like I said, there was that theory that Igor Dyatlov mm. could have possibly been a part of the Chernobyl thing because he had the same... It's a bit far-fetched, but he had the same surname as the guy that was in charge of Chernobyl that let that mistake happen. Mm. However, like you said, it was very close and... The radiation probably would have travelled that far. Yeah, I'm not really, but I, I don't know how. I don't know enough about how far radiation can travel and things like that. I'm. I just think that maybe it was a testing ground. Yeah. Maybe they tested something, like and but the, the eye gouging and the tongue thing, like sure, that's something. Surely someone did that. That's so the that means that someone's bit, like lost their mind. Like you said, hypothermia can do that. Exactly. So that was the lead guy. Right, okay. Igor Dyatlov. Yep. Now I think it's just important to show you the crime scene photos. Are you alright with that? Yeah. Of that was one of them. Wow. Mm. And there was one and it was it was horrific. Um so like, there's a movie about it as well, by the way. <gasps> Dead Mountain, I think it's called. I'll double check. Ooh. But yeah, there's a movie about it. I thought I'd let you know. I'd be interested to see what their theory like they put on it in. Yeah. See, it'll movie. probably be a bit like that Area 51 movie. 
haven't watched that. Uh, it's all right. It's, it's good that you can dribble over, but yeah. like they sort of go into Area 51 and they break in and there's loads of aliens. So it'll probably be a bit like this, where they go there and there's loads of yetis or something like that. <laughs> so this photo just gets to me. So she's this lady's on her knees. She's got her arms up sort of above her head and she's leaning against the ravine. Okay. It really baffles me, that one does. It's like she's been pushed. Yeah, it does. Like I said, I'll put all of these on Instagram. You can have your own take. I'll put a Warner's discretion on there. If you don't want to see crime scene photos, they're all black and white. There's no, like, graphic details. But there is photos of faces. See, now, that doesn't bother me. No. And this, to me, <laughs> this is where my... I want it to be working in a mortuary. Yeah. This is where my fascination with death comes. Like, that body has been preserved yeah. in, like, the natural ends possibly by elements that killed him in the first place yeah um if the avalanche or you know the snowstorm thing yeah. is, is is true i said i guess we'll never know but the fact that their bodies were preserved like that surely they would have been able to get more information so this was the leader you can see clear as day from a photo of him alive to a photo of him dead that that was him mm-hmm. so like you said it's so so preserved yeah it just baffles me so you know why can't they do any more test like testing on them? why didn't they collect more evidence because now we're going back through like you know solving cold cases mm-hmm. and conspiracies and all of that business like the golden state killer yeah oh, thank you yeah wanker. wanker yeah yeah um yeah like mm. it would be so great if we could just i suppose just know just yeah put that to bed i like to you know what i'm like i like to put it in a box yeah put it put, put it away the bed yeah 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 not under the bed because it can't bite me with my toes in the night yeah well yeah so that was the diatlov pass incident honestly i enjoyed that so Good. much so did i however i'm a little bit frustrated because mm-hmm. now i need to know i bet joe would have heard of this one your brother i bet he would probably definitely know it. Def- yeah. definitely he would have been all over this i'd l- let ask him what his th- like theory is and tell him to, well not tell him to let me know but let me know I want to hear from people. Yeah. On what their their theory is. Like, yeah, and if I've missed anything, because there's hundreds of them out there. Oh, I bet. Hundreds. And if there's anything that I didn't put in, or anything that, you know, because it's so hard, because it was back in the 50s, yeah. late 50s, it's so hard to get valid information. Yeah. Because you think, this is Russia. All of it was in Russian. It's been yeah, translated. And it's Soviet at the time. Exactly. Yeah. So, think of, like, any... Mistranslated uh, yeah. things, anything, Lost anything that anybody knows, just let us know, because I just need to know. I, I just wonder if they're still hiding stuff, and just letting it, it become. Me. You know, in years to come, will it be one of those you know sort of mm. things that people talk? Because you know, the sixties weren't that long ago. No, I also want to know if you guys want me to cover the American version of this. What? What so, do you mean American version? So it's slightly different. It's called the Yuba County Five. Yeah, come on. So no. no. <laughs> So, um, these five guys, I'll, I'll briefly tell you, but let me know if you want me to cover it. Five people with mild mental disabilities and learning disabilities went to a basketball game. They all drove, they all went in the car, and they decided to pitch up for the night, mm. and they were never seen again. By basketball? At what? After, on the way home. They decided to stop or whatever, mm. and they were never seen again. So if you'd like me to cover it, let me know. Yeah, please. I'm 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 ringing in. Can you can you cover <laughs> it? I want to know it. Okay. Like, uh, there was another one uh, a bit mm. like that. Um, not at all like that. But I'm just going to say it anyway because okay. it just it's one of those ones that plays in my mind now. I'm really bad. I can't remember his name. I'm going to look it up in a minute. But it was about a young lad, like college student, mm-hmm. that had car problems. Right. And he spoke to the person in the garage and was behaving Shut with fuck was up. Bryce, Bruce? Bryce. 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 That. Bryce. Someone. Oh, what's his name? Where are you gone? At that case. I'll tell you what. Do you know what? I'm going to cover that case actually because that, that case is so frustrating. Bryce Laspisa. He was a ginger guy, wasn't he? Um, don't be discriminative, please. We don't like racism on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Love you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I forgot about Ryan. I was like, oh my god, she's being serious. <laughs> punch you that case is so frustrating because as a mum why did you not drive to him our listeners are probably like what the hell are you two going on about but he I'm going to cover it because please do it's so interesting it was like six years ago as well now 
But yeah, I'm not going to say too much now because I really no. want to cover it. And I really want to cover the Rico Harris one as well. Yeah. That was super interesting. Super, super interesting. He went home, he drove like 13 hours home for a couple of hours and then came back again. Yeah. There was just some Bryce guy, you know? There was just some weird stuff. Well, there was was definitely some mental health stuff going on there. Of course. Like, they were so close to getting him home. I know. They were like on his fingertips and that's what I find so frustrating. And then they find his car like at the... Like, and they said that it looked like he'd driven it from the top of the hill into the lake. I know. But they never found him. No. And they drained that lake, didn't they? They didn't drain it, but they they yeah, they, yeah, they, they did a lot of searches. They did, they did. It's like that that dude, that massive dude that just walked off into the blooming what was he called again? Your mate, the bit the. <laughs> I'm terrible at explaining things, aren't I? I'm like mansplaining right My now. My mate that walked into. So the 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 big the, <laughs> the big guy that you told me about. Is that him? Yeah. The big guy that walked into the forest. Is this the forest or like the... No, this guy was sat on the edge of like a... What do you call it? Like a fence. Yeah. He was just sat on the edge and he was reported seeing sat there and then he was never found again. Also, another interesting one was... Maybe, I've got an idea. Maybe this will be out. When will this be out? Just let me double check. I've got a really good idea. Probably should have talked about this after the podcast. This will be out the 29th. Why don't we do a missing march? Missing March, yeah. Well, uncovered like missing people all through March. Yes, all of March. That is a great idea, and we yeah. can do people from our county. Yeah. So I know guys, there's if, a few. From if our there's county. anybody that you would like us to of report course. on, and then we can help with any searches, then yeah. please like r- like you know con- contact us. We can cover some like really mysterious ones. No, I wasn't talking about that bloke that you just said on the fence. Was he a basketball? No, not about. Was he a baseball player or or? The guy that was like six foot nine and just drove to Washington or Seattle and then drove back and then you're just looking at me like, fuck you talking about? I've got a case that's similar, but I don't re- recall this guy being really big. So this guy drove, like, was kept trying to get into America because people were after him. Right. Um, he got over the border. Into, no, he wanted to go to Canada because people were after him and they wouldn't let him over the border. He tried to walk over the border. He tried to drive over the border. They wouldn't let him over. Because people were after him, and then in the end he got in and then passed away anyway. That was a really interesting, Mum. Wow. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. We're going to be here, but yeah, missing yeah. much. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. Definitely. Okay. It's a, that's a really good idea. Thank you for your conspiracy theory No, that's theory all right. Today. I really enjoyed it. I now need to go to Russia. Okay. And question <laughs> those people and unseal the records because I bet your ass that it's in there somewhere. We haven't got all the information and. Why did they reopen it last year? To yeah. shut everybody up. Mm-hmm. To say, look, we've reopened it. Um, it was force majeure. Goodbye, good night, see you later. Yeah, Closed. precisely. Well, do you know what? There's a load of sleuths out there now, so watch out. Mm-hmm. There is indeed. And if you'd like me to cover the American one, maybe after March, uh-huh. let me know. Maybe we'll do a conspir- one conspiracy or one cult or one yeah, something cult. every month. Yeah, I want to do a, I want to do a cult. Yeah, I want to do a cult. Never used to be into cults, and then I listened to Jamestown. Yeah, and was like, that was insane. Duh. Yeah, how one person can have so much power over everybody. Yeah, almost like that. Manson. Nope. Bohemian Grove. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say me then. Yeah, definitely a cult leader. <laughs> the Keist cult. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we're gonna call us now. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Freddie calls us the Keisters, which oh, is so cute. That's um, hot. Yes. Also, I'm still. I would still really love to hear anybody's weird, creepy stories. Yeah. That they've got. Um, can you tell them our email address, please? Uh, I can. It is planetcredpodcast at mail dot com. Excellent. We've just got a new one because the old one was a bit funky and I didn't really like it. So we've just got a new one. Lovely. Yeah, I want to hear people's weird stories. I want to hear like weird things that happened mm. to them or weird things that they found or like. When their grand died, yeah. there was like a secret passageway in their house or yeah, anything like that. Even I, if it isn't true. I like people that write things like that as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll put up two different things. One that's a true one and one that isn't. But I like to hear like the whole creepypasta thing. Would you like me to come over this evening and while you're going off to sleep, tell you the story of um, the dancing man? Let us know all of your creepy weird ass stories. I would love that. Yeah. So Have you I. got any creepy weird ass stories? Now you're asking. Hmm. I probably have tucked away somewhere in my crime brain. Yeah. But. Um. Oh, I got um chased by someone in a Jason mask. Yeah. On that, Friday that's the 13th. Fucking weird as fuck. 
That's on a run weird. at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no. Honestly, he was in cosplay. It turned out it was all okay. I wasn't being chased by a clown or anything, or some like you know an adult. But it was really scary because he was in character and he did the whole head tilt thing. He yeah, didn't no. run after me. He walked after me. That's creepier. And he had what looked like a machete in his hand. I I didn't know that it was polystyrene. No. Essentially, I got chased by a kid. However. <laughs> <laughs> However, at the time, it was Friday the 13th, I was running at 7 o'clock in the morning, and if anybody that knows me well knows that the clown thing really bothered me at the time, Mm -hmm. and I had to do the desensitive thing on YouTube and had to watch loads of clown attacks to make myself feel okay about it. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that's not okay. Like, don't let your kids out with fucking shit like that at 7 in the morning. It was ridiculous. I called the police and it was all sorted. But yeah, that that was really creepy. Uh, I'm sure I've got (laughs) loads more tucked away because shit just happens to me. Mm -hmm. Just weird things. It's always me. Yeah. The amount of people that send me the eye-rolly emoji because of like a little story. Like a Mary story. Yeah. I've got one to tell you. Okay. It's not weird, but I did fucking have a panic attack in the middle of Camden Town. Because I was walking through the street. We were looking for a cash point. This guy, he was quite clearly intoxicated on something. Yeah. Something that wasn't, like, a fucking, like, like paracetamol or something. Yeah, okay. It, it was, like, fucking hardcore shit. Yeah. And he looked at me straight in my eyes and went, I'm going to fucking stab you. <gasps> that was it. I was done. I was like, I want to go home now, please. Thanks. Oh, my God. I was, like, fucking mess. Do you think, like, living down here, I think that we're, um, we're so not like that we mm-hmm. don't have those types of things happen whereas like my brother this morning he's away working mm-hmm. and he sent me a picture of an underground like you know like when you walk on an underpass yeah and Subway. i just messaged back messaged him back saying like that looks like a good murder spot and he was like yeah someone was murdered around the corner like um two nights ago yeah yeah oh god you know you see some of the videos that are posted on facebook and, i like, know people abusing each other on the subway like that is Mm-hmm. really scary I know Amber says to me I wish you wouldn't like listen and watch the sort of things you watch because it makes me paranoid <laughs> and I'm like yeah like I, I can I can see that like we were walking through like it wasn't an alleyway but it was kind of like an alleyway with a few pubs down it yeah we were walking we went to TGI Fridays when we were in Wales best restaurant ever and we were walking back through this alleyway and these people were like screaming abuse at each other and it was like she was like right let's walk in the middle because then if you someone jumps out you you can see them and i'm like that's something that i would say like, yeah quite clearly pass that on to you like yeah but it's creepy like you, yeah, yeah just but i just really want to know like people's weird stories and don't yeah. be afraid don't be like oh they won't want to hear that i want to hear all of it i want to hear everything i, I want to hear all of it i want to hear what's happened to you mm-hmm. what's happened to you oh, i tell you what parents Parents and grandparents yeah. are good at pulling shit out of the bag. She, she, Always. At a family meal, while they've had a few tipples. Yeah. You know, Ryan's grand once was talking, and, you know, she's a granny, so she talks a lot. And she was telling me about this monkey that she owned, and she was on some morphine at the time, because she was in pet. Yeah. And I just, you know, smile and nod. She actually owned a monkey. That's sick. And, like, just all these cool stories. Like, yeah. she flew on Concord what the fuck exactly and like yeah. all these cool things come out so yeah get your parents talking give them some 100%, gin 100% yeah give them some Prosecco or some gin and get them chatting and then write to us yeah definitely okay so until, until next time